Thanks for tuning in to today's topics where we look at current events from a Christian perspective. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to today's topics Friday night update. Uh, just remember we are available podcast and YouTube and uh, always share the YouTube link on our Facebook page. So that's different ways that you can access us. I guess one of the biggest stories right now that we have to talk about, uh, it's all over the news, everybody's talking about it, is the Mississippi abortion case that's being heard by the Supreme Court. Opening argument started Wednesday, and the hope is that the court will uphold this law. Uh, it, it, I hate to speak anything into it, but it, if you look at the questions that some of the justices were asking, it kind of looks like they're leaning toward upholding that law, and I really hope that they do that. Uh, in all honesty, the you know the law does not go far enough, as far as I'm concerned. That's just my opinion. That's what we give on here is facts in my opinion. So, you know, it prohibits most abortions after 15 weeks. Now, we should find out their ruling probably as early as next week. Uh, we definitely could find out what they're going to say by next week, and I hope so. Hopefully, they'll uphold this law, and it'll be a step in the right direction. Uh you know, regardless of where you stand on this issue, facts are facts. A lot of people don't want to hear facts. Uh, they run off emotion and they run off of the cultural opinion of things at the moment. But life begins at conception, and that's just a scientific fact. Go to sciencealert.com. When you get a chance, just go to sciencealert.com and read an article from back in 2016 where scientists observed a spark of light at the moment a sperm meets an egg. It's absolutely awesome. You can actually see when life begins at that exact moment. And I challenge you to go do that. Look it up. But abortion activists don't care about facts or science. They just want the right to be able to legally kill their baby whenever they choose to. And that's just the truth. I know that this is a topic a lot of people don't want to touch. This is a topic a lot of people don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about it because it's important. It's life. Uh, we're God's greatest creation. And to just throw it away like it doesn't mean anything, we can't do that. Uh, maybe, just maybe, we should put a little bit more of an, em an emphasis on abstinence. Oh, that's so old-fashioned. Well, yeah, but it works. We should put an emphasis back on abstinence and contraception. That's just common sense, right? That's what we should be emphasizing. Never, ever should the killing of a baby be a form of birth control. Ever. Anybody in their right mind will tell you that. It's just amazing to me that we're still having this argument of this discussion. Uh, a focus on the family article from August the 17th of 2021. Listen to this now. From August of this year, okay, states that 40% of women were churchgoers when they had an abortion. Yeah. They leave the pew and go to the abortion clinic. 76% of these women said the church had no influence on their decision at all. 
38% say that they believe the church to be a safe place to discuss their pregnancy options. 38% believe that they can trust the church to discuss things and help them out with these, you know, pregnancy decisions. We've got to do a better job, folks. And that's just the truth. We've got to do a better job of talking about these issues and helping these people. Uh, we have not been doing a good enough job when you look at these statistics. Now, I do realize that this can be a complicated subject. I'm not trying to trivialize it at all. I get it. Uh, and I do realize why most people want to avoid this subject. Uh, it can really cause a lot of problems with people when you, because they'll want to tell you, you know, I'm being forced to become a mother when I shouldn't be. I'm being forced to do this and do that. That's why I say that we should put more of an emphasis on abstinence and contraception. Um, and we'll give you some more statistics. I hope it don't bother you guys. I like stats because you can't get around math. It is what it is. Um, if we would just stick to the biblical outline, this subject would all of a sudden get a lot simpler. It would not be as complicated and as hard of a decision to make if we would stick to God's plan on it, right? Sex is to be reserved for marriage. That's first, period. Number one. That's the number one thing that would solve most of these problems. You know that 14% of all abortions are by married women. Only 14% are by married women, okay? That's 86% of all abortions are by unmarried women. Keep that in your mind now. 61% of all abortions are by women between 20 and 29 years old. You can go to the CDC website, a website called G-U-T-T Mocker, gutmocker.com and theconversation.com. That's three different sites, three different opinions on it, and they all add up. The stats are the same. That's why you can get three different references and you can pretty much believe it, right? So what do all these numbers mean? I've been giving you these stats. What does it really mean? Now, this is facts. 62 million babies have been aborted in the United States since Roe versus Wade became law in 1973. 62 million lives have been taken. If just the unmarried 20-somethings had not killed all those babies, it would amount to 53,320,000 lives saved. That's amazing, isn't it? If we would wait for sex until we got married, and if we would use contraception, and if these people felt comfortable to discuss and have help in the church, we could have saved 53 million lives. Isn't that amazing? So, yes, yeah, a big deal. You know, numbers don't lie. So I believe we as speakers, as preachers and teachers, um, we really have to get back to teaching abstinence before marriage, period, period. That just, that's biblical. And the argument is, well, nobody's going to do that. You can't preach and teach that because that's just not how it is. Things have changed. That's so old fashioned. It may be old fashioned, but you know what? It works. 53 million lives could have been saved if we just do that. But anyway, I think y'all know where I stand on the abortion issue, don't you? Let's move on to something else. CNN seems to be worried, you know, that the Supreme Court's going to uphold this Mississippi law. 
uh, because yesterday they had a headline that said overturning Roe versus Wade would be a disaster for conservatives. Well, that's not even what this case is about. They're not overturning Roe versus Wade. All they're doing is upholding Mississippi's ban after 15 weeks. That's all they're doing. But they're trying to just scare people to death. They're trying to rile up the base, right? I heard coming home from work today that uh, a lot of the Democrat talking heads were saying that if that if the Supreme Court upholds this law, then the every Democrat's going to run on the abortion issue every election, and it's going to just fire up their base, and they're going to get a tremendous turnout, and the conservatives will never win another election. You know, they're thinking as if anything that's done to hinder legal baby killing then it would so influence the Democratic vote voters that they're just going to come out in droves. That's what they're saying. Uh, but, you know, they must think that they're the only people that's ever heard of reverse psychology. That's what they're doing. They're putting these, they're putting these headlines out there and these stories out there just trying to scare these people to death, saying, hey, if you ever want to win another election, you better not vote for this. You better not go. So I don't know what the justices are going to do. Uh, I do know that it's more of a conservative Supreme Court now than it has been. So I think that it's a real good chance that they're going to uphold this Mississippi law. And it's, it's got nothing to do with Roe versus Wade. It's upholding one state's law banning abortion after 15 weeks. Most states now is 20 weeks anyway. So they're just moving it back a few weeks. But they're just trying to scare people to death. USA Today had a real good story. Please go look this up. USA Today, uh, sometimes they can be right down the middle. They're more liberal, but sometimes they can give you a good story. They had a good story that was on two babies that were both born at 21 weeks, and they're both doing great. They're both doing fine. They're living, growing, everything's great. 21 weeks. One was in Minnesota. The other was, in, was here in Alabama. You know, it's my opinion and the opinion of science, if you want to be factual about it, that life begins at conception. That little flash of light is the perfect evidence for that. Not some random number of weeks. You know, if we can say 20 weeks, 21 weeks, 15 weeks, that that's just a number picked out of the air. Either life begins at that moment of conception or it does not. Period. That's not even the argument. These people know that. They know when life begins. They want the legal right to kill that baby out of convenience. And that's just the truth of it. CNN had a headline from yesterday. Quote, Germany announces nationwide lockdown for the unvaccinated. And I warned y'all last week this was coming. I told you Austria had done it. And all the news sources over there said that Germany was right behind them. And that's exactly right. So if you're unvaccinated in Germany, you are limited to the pharmacy and like the grocery store, there's like one or two places you can go. That's it. Um, the outgoing chancellor, another, that's their fancy word for president, right? Angela Merkel, in agreement with her successor, his name is Olaf Schatz or Schultz. They're in, in, in agreement. You know, she left office this week um, and, and he took over. But they both confirmed proposals for mandatory vaccinations which will have to be approved by the parliament, they say, but they will take place in February. So they're not too much worried about it getting approved by parliament because they said, you know, well, it's, 
they got to rubber stamp it, but this is going to happen in February. It's what the outgoing president and the incoming president said. So you can look for it in Germany. You guys are fixing to be Australianized. Is that a word? That's what's coming. You know, after 16 years in office, Angela Merkel or Markle, ever how you say it, but she's done some good things. And, you know, after serving 16 years, for this to be her legacy, for this to be her final act as president, it's pretty pitiful. I mean, it really is. And Australia and Canada are still at the top of the list for extreme government overreach. There's nobody even close to these two nut jobs. They are, oh my goodness, oh, uh, with westernized nations anyway. Canada is now requiring all air travelers to be vaccinated or be quarantined from between 8 to 14 days, even if flying within the country. So if you don't even have to leave the country of Canada. You fly from city to city, and they can quarantine they can quarantine you for up to two weeks. Well, who wants to travel? If I've got a business appointment Monday, well, do I have to leave home two weeks early to get there for an hour meeting? You know, if you, but that's Canada. That's what they're doing. Anyway, where's the one about Australia? That's what I want to get to. But anyway, they've got a long list of nations that can't even fly into Canada now. And, and Biden doesn't want to be outdone. So if you saw this this week, this is on The Hill and The Guardian. Both of those have the articles about Biden announcing aggressive steps to combat COVID, including travel restrictions, testing requirements for travelers, and pushing the booster shots. That's how they phrased it, pushing the booster shots. I mean, how many do you need? You know, if you get fully vaccinated, that's two shots, he says. And then Fauci says if you get a booster shot, but you still need to wear your mask because you're still going to catch COVID. Well, why do we need another booster shot? I mean, come on, guys. But all they're doing is copying this European model. That's what Canada's doing. That's what Australia's doing. Uh, really got some attention when they started putting the people in the Northern Territories in those internment camps. I mean, been a lot of attention on Australia now, and it should be. To say... I mean, government overreach is not even the word to use in this instance. This is crazy. But Biden's also wanting to start testing requirements for all travelers inside the country also, not just, not just internationally. So uh, the United States is wanting to copy exactly what Canada's doing and Australia. You know, it's almost, when you look at what these nations are doing, when you look at what all these westernized nations are doing, uh, all the ones in Europe and Canada and the U.S., Australia. You know, it's almost as if they're taking their orders from the same person, right? Yeah. Uh, or maybe groups of people. Repeat after me, class. Can anybody say this? World Economic Forum. That's exactly who they're taking their marching orders from. They've laid this plan out. They have an agenda. It's not even secret anymore. Uh, a lot of people are not talking about it because they want this. So they're trying to keep it on the down low, as people say. But uh, it's pretty obvious that all these nations are following the same pattern. They're all getting their orders from somebody. USA Today on Tuesday had an article. You can't make this up, man. This is what it said. Quote, Biden is a boring president, and that's okay because he's a very competent leader. I actually spewed sweet tea out of my nose when I read that. <laughs> a competent leader. That's what they said. Really. Uh, 
let's look at some of the things that they may consider competent by shutting down our pipelines and making us completely dependent on foreign oil. Is that competent? How about abandoning our military and our U.S. citizens in Afghanistan? That was real competent, wasn't it? How about welcoming and then encouraging hundreds of thousands to illegally flood over our southern border? It's real competent, wasn't it? I saw this week to where Mexico now has agreed to put Trump's policy back in place, the stay in Mexico policy, before some of these people can have a hearing. Um, you don't hear much about that because Trump started it. He did a lot of things wrong, but that's one thing he got right. And now Mexico, there's so many coming through their country, you know, because because they're coming from Guatemala and Honduras and all these Central American nations. So they're having to come through Mexico. And Mexico was okay with it to start with because they were just busting them through right to the border. Well, now they're marching through, taking weeks and weeks, and Mexico's having to deal with these people. And they're actually starting to wise up and say, hey, we got to do something too. Or maybe Biden was pretty competent uh, when he decided to put us back into the Paris Climate Accords, uh, you know, which is 100% just another way to funnel money and redistribute wealth. All that sounds real competent to me. You don't hear much about the Paris Climate Accords because all you hear is the talking points. So it's a good thing. We're going to cut down on emissions. We're going to cut down on global warming. This is going to help everything. Let me give you some facts, okay? Speaking about the climate change issue, I think I'll have enough time to get into this. I hope so. The hottest temperature in the United States ever, the hottest temperature on record was in Death Valley, California. It's 134 degrees. You know when that was? 1913. The coldest temperature in the lower 48, not counting Alaska, right? Because it's cold up there all the time. But the coldest temperature in the lower 48 was 34 degrees below zero in Nawata, Oklahoma. You know when that was? 2011. The facts are temperatures fluctuate, always have and they always will. The COP26 meeting, you know, the climate change group they got together a week or two ago. They just finished up in Glasgow, Scotland. I, I think it was a week ago. But they issued their final findings and they said this, quote, only a decade from now, the climate tipping point will be reached. <laughs> really? Go to AEI, three letters, AEI.org, and read about all the apocalyptic predictions since Earth Day first started in 1970. Okay, that, that's when these guys first got together and started this mess. Mark Perry wrote a piece on April the 21st, 2019 on AEI. Org. And it shows all the crazy professors and scientists that have made their humanity will destroy the earth in 10 years predictions. Every 10 years they do this. Every 10 years they say, if we don't do this, if we don't do this, we're going to reach this tipping point. We're going to destroy this. All you have to do is go back and look at records and it's obvious how the temperature fluctuates. You know, we're not going to talk about how plant life actually feeds off carbon dioxide, right? And that's what we breathe out. Not going to have time to get into all that. Maybe one day. But most people have the attention span of a gnat. Y'all know that. They don't remember Al Gore telling us a few years ago that we were all going to be dead in 12 years because of climate change. He said that. Watched him say it. Of course, he also said he invented the internet, but that's Al Gore.
But he said we're all going to be dead in 12 years if we didn't address climate change. Well, so, you know, not to give you my opinion, but the opinions of some of the most well-respected experts from around the world. Let me read you some of this now. I want you guys to fact check me. This guy named Otmar Edenhofer, he's a German economist, the world's leading expert on climate change policy. Mr. Edenhofer said, quote, one has to free oneself from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy. This has almost nothing to do with the environmental policy anymore. With problems such as deforestation or the ozone hole, we redistribute de facto the world's wealth by climate policy. That's what he said. The co-founder of Greenpeace was a man named Patrick Moore. He was big in the Canadian Greenpeace years ago. He said, quote, the whole climate crisis is not only fake news, it's fake science. Now, Greenpeace has issued several statements trying to you know, distance themselves from this guy, but facts are facts. You can't get around it. He worked for him. He knows what he's talking about. Linda Goodsmith is a very famous author. The name of her book is The Humanitarian Hoaxes. Here's what she said, quote, The humanitarian hoax of climate change is the whopper of the 21st century. It is a deliberate political scheme to transfer the wealth of industrialized, productive nations, particularly the U.S., to non-industrialized, non-productive nations. It is globalized socialism. The Paris Agreement is an anti-American humanitarian hoax designed to transfer wealth. The purpose of the climate change hoax is to re—I'm sorry—de-industrialize the U.S and collapse her economy in preparation for a one-world government. Now, these are from the most well-respected professionals on the planet, is what they said, not me. So you see why Trump got us out of the Paris Climate Accords, because all they want is our money. That's all they were wanting, and Trump saw that. He's a businessman. He, he didn't see just giving our money away, right? And so Biden puts us right back in it, and all we're doing is just dumping billions of dollars into this, and it's doing nothing. It's redistributing wealth, preparing us for a more socialist type of government around the world. That's just what all these professionals say, experts. So it's all about money. It's all about money and socialism. That's all it's about. You know, why socialism? You know, why is that a big deal, Gene? You know, what's so bad about socialism? Well, other than every other nation on the planet that's ever tried it has failed, you know, that's number one. You have to look at Venezuela for one in South America. They are floating on oil and they were the second richest, you know, nation in our hemisphere, uh, until they brought in socialism. When Hugo Chavez came in and just took over everything, you cannot continue to do that. You cannot take from one group and give to another. It does not work. It has never worked. Now that's the truth about socialism. The other thing, the main thing, is because, uh, you know, why are we going toward socialism? Is because Daniel and Revelation tells us of a time that's coming where there will be a one-world currency, a one-world religion, and a one-world government. That is socialism, folks. Daniel and Revelation tell us about that. It's coming. Uh, we don't have to like it, but Bible prophecy has never been wrong. And that's what we're being prepared for. Everything's being lined up to prepare us for this end stage. 
we're definitely in it. You know, if you don't see it, you don't want to see it. How things are progressing towards that way. Uh, never forget this. I try to mention this on here every week if I get a chance, but this is spiritual warfare, people. It is 100% spiritual warfare. From this abortion issue, there's no other way that you can even discuss this abortion issue with science being as factual as it is about life. It's not about science or facts. This is spiritual warfare. And then when you look at the climate change issue, all that is is a way to move us towards socialism, worldwide socialism, which is what is going to be in place at the end times. So that's what we have to do. We never have to lose... I hope that we can never lose sight of what real truth is. You know, real truth is God's holy word. Let me read you a couple of quick verses. Revelation, the last book of Revelation, Revelation 22, verse 12 and 13. This is Jesus speaking now. He says, and behold, I come quickly. That means when it happens, it's going to happen in the blink of an eye. That doesn't mean he's going to come in quickly after he said this. It means when it happens, it's immediate. He said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That's what we need to grab a hold to and pay attention to. What's important is putting your trust in Jesus Christ, not in man. We have to always remember that. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Hope I gave you something to think about. There's just too many things going on in the world. We only have time here to focus on one or two issues. I hope I gave you something to think about. Uh, I hope that you'll take time to research some of this stuff and go go to these websites and fact check me. Uh, Y'all go to church Sunday, and by all means, you guys keep reading your Bible. Thanks.